Welcome to Explorers Wanted. We are a weekly Numenera actual play podcast. I will be your sweet and kind and gentle GM, ooh-woo, Daniel Anderlich. With me today is Stace Babcock. My furry little alarm clocks woke me up at 6 a.m. <laughs> today. That was not the plan. Samson Davis. What's with everyone getting up early today? I feel like I had a bunch of Snapchats today of my friends from undergrad being like, oh, look at this sunrise. I'm like, why are you up? Why? And Alex Finn. I was really tempted to just shove like a whole bunch of crunchy food in my mouth and just talk into the mic while chewing. Don't do that. I'm glad you resisted. I know. That would have been my own personal hell. <laughs> and Daniel's. Yeah. I assume a lot of people. Mostly just us, because nobody else would hear it. I would cut it out. <laughs> Speaking of cutting things out. Is this where we talk about my new surgery hobby? <laughs> I needed a little bit more. <laughs> I needed a little bit more. I was hoping someone else would provide it. <laughs> well, when you need a little bit more, Die Hard does. <laughs> they have a little. <laughs> they have a little bit more polyhedral dice that you need to buy so that your gaming life is better. They have a bunch of beautiful shapes and designs. They come in metal and acrylic, and I think that's it. I think those are the two materials, but they're good materials. They go a long way. Anyway. They got a bunch of good stuff on there, so go find your perfect set, and when you go to checkout, use our code EXPLORERSWANTED. You get 10% off, you get a high-quality product for a little bit cheaper, and you're helping to support the show. So, yeah, go do that, please. Thank you. Bye. Who remembers what happened last time? I'm going to pick on Stacey. <laughs> uh, it's Stace Windu. Thank you. Ooh. <laughs> so last time on Explorers Wanted... Magpie and Ilson got picked up by the Briskers. Go talk to their head dude who wanted to know what happened to his very expensive, very important artifact that already had a buyer. They denied everything. Yes. Somehow managed to talk head guy into hiring them to track down the thief or the artifact. Of course, we all know who the thief is. Who? Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So Magpie. weird. And is the artifact still currently in Ilsen's desk drawer at work? No. Different artifact. So that was the cipher that a magpie gave me. Oh, what happened to this artifact? Where is it, actually? There was a scene with the only magpie present where it got handed off to her fence or something. Oh, so it gone. All right. So anyway, they've agreed to find that or find the thief, which sounds pretty impossible right now, if I'm being honest. But they didn't die. So um, while that was going on, Esri was back at the base. Yasmin disappeared, uh, and Esri took Talazar and went to look for her. Esri sent Talazar to look around Tier 8, around the outpost, or around the base. I was just playing Starfield. Outpost. Uh, and then um, Esri went to check the old Enclave, ran into Magpie and Ilsen on the way. Ilsen was, like, pretty dead. Not, like, dead-dead, but, like, kind of dead. And so Magpie went and got Rob, treated Ilsen, got Ilsen back on her feet, and the crew went to check the old enclave. Ilsen stayed outside of that place to avoid the notice of the Imperial Guard. But Yasmin was not at the old place. Turns out, though, that one of the claw creatures must have got out and really clawed up the synth room. Yep, seems like someone could work on emotional regulation. But anyway... <laughs> After that, they left, picked Ilsen back up, and honestly, I don't remember after that. So, was that the end? I don't think we ever met back up. I think that's where we ended, where we were just like, we're going to get out. And then he's like, okay, bye. Oh, okay. I can see the future, so 
We're, we got out. We got Ilsen. We got back to the base with no issues. <laughs> awesome. So, Daniel, what happens next? Yeah, it's canon, Dan. Can't change it. <laughs> so you were on your way. You were almost out of the crawl space when you heard something loudly opening from behind. And you heard... A cat vomiting? Oh, time to go. Time to go. Yeah, we continue leaving. Okay. Magpie, get ready to set up that turret. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just a side note, Daniel. What about that sound made you think we would turn around? No, I just wanted to make it very clear that you didn't get out yet. Mm. That mm. something is mm. coming out after you. It made it sound like you were expected us to turn around after hearing that, like, Oh, that sounds like candy. Let's go. <laughs> Ezri books it out the secret door. I just assumed it would trigger, like, the traditional fantasy monster-fucking impulse in all of you that would want to turn True. around and chase after it. True. This isn't a mind flare, Daniel. You have to build up to it. You gotta, like, you gotta build yeah. up to it. Set the scene. like an enemies to lovers plot line, too, oh. so that takes time to build. I mean, yeah. Technically, this could be an enemies to lovers because we took their hand and they took our geese. <laughs> I don't know if that was meant to be a biblical parallel, but it was kind of funny. <laughs> okay, so you guys are hurrying. I'm assuming you're hurrying. Or are you being careful about it? Oh, yeah. No, Ezri's already gone. Ezri's already out the secret door. Oh, you think so, huh? Give me a running roll. <laughs> I'm always like, I'm trained in running, and then I look and I'm not. It's jumping. Ezri jumps. Now. Oh, she does that little leapfrog thing. Eleven. This is going to be a running roll you're all going to have to do. Did you already roll before I told you the DC? No. I just said eleven out loud for no reason. What's the DC, Daniel? <laughs> so, you guys have an asset because... You have a head start. With that asset, it makes it a 12. So Stace got 11. <laughs> I am I feel like this has to be danger sense. This has to. This has to. Yes. Well. How could this not be dangerous? Yeah, I'd give it for that. So that makes it a 9 for you. I got a 14. Okay. Magpie, you get ahead. <laughs> Ill sense picking up another coffee while this is happening. So, Ezra, you get out of the crawl space, and then Magpie goes bolting past you. <laughs> and at this point, I think everybody should roll initiative. Yes, I love that. Well, we're on our hands and knees. <laughs> <laughs> Alex, I'm trying to make it horny. Someone's got to take the initiative. Well, I just, like, I was imagining us running away, like, on our hands and knees, and I was just like, and then we're going to, like, pivot on our hands and knees and be like, I am ready to fight. In many ways. Fifteen. I got a ten. Ezri, make a speed defense roll of eighteen for me. Can't make me. I'll spend the level of effort. Okay. Four. Okay. Um, you feel a massive oh. hand close around your torso with claws digging into you. Again. Feels familiar. Like an old friend. You'll take four points of might damage, and you are currently restrained. And then it is Ezri's turn. Ezri knows what to do. Wait, not yet. So she, she should get an asset. It's kind of let me take two turns. I want to do that right now, though. Remember, the blood is acid. Don't bite them. Oh, thanks. And it's currently gripping you. Yeah. Ezri is going to... Ezri is going to know what to do. She's going to tuck her shotgun right up under its little chin. Take a shot. Can you read me the text on know what to do? You can act immediately, even if it's not your turn. Afterward, on your next regular turn, any action you take is hindered. You can do this one time, although the ability is renewed each time you make a recovery roll. Okay. 
Yeah, so you are right there. It's a shotgun, and it's holding you, so I think it's going to hinder you because you're in close quarters trying to get it up on its head. Got a short barrel. Does it? Mm-hmm. Short barrel pneumatic shotgun. As verified by my three-page character description I provided to you, Daniel. <laughs> yes. Um, okay, so I'm not going to hinder you. And I sat around the torso, so I didn't say your arms were restrained. So, yeah. Okay, that's fine. So I think it's a 15. Okay. Okay, so one level of speed effort. Mm-hmm. 18. Nice. Okay, so that's plus two damage. Yes! That's eight. Damage. Okay, that's really I good. Hope didn't, I didn't like it. Oh, it doesn't like it at all. I, I hope that as its head, you know, falls back, Ezri can then go into her regular turn and attempt to escape. No. Well, before you do that, because you shoot it, and it does do some damage, and you're right next to oh, it. Right, 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 right. Yeah. I need you to make a might defense roll of 15. God, why are they so strong? It's been one level of effort. Four? Is that good? No. You will take five damage as this splash of acidic blood splashes across your entire front. Five? Armor help? Armor will help. God, these fuckers are strong. Okay. Now that she's been... What would be the verb for getting acid on you? I guess she's just been splashed. Mm-hmm. Pockmarked. Mm-hmm. Boosh? Yeah. I don't think it's spoosh. Sploosh. I don't think it's sploosh. Rapidly eroded? Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, she's been corroded. Oh, that's a good one. All right. Yeah, that's all right. She will now attempt to escape. Okay. So you are hindered on this because you didn't know what to do first. What about my creative use of the shotgun to distract it while making my attack? <laughs> I'd give that to you in this case because it was a pretty significant hit. So that makes it a neutral okay. of 18 to break through. God, they're so strong. All right. One level of effort. 19. Nice. You're just escaping, so what would you propose is a minor effect. I would like to knock it on its butt while I escape. Okay. Yeah. How do you do that? Um, I want to say she, she... Okay, so she discharges the shotgun beneath the creature's chin. Head snaps back, acid everywhere, and then Ezri just uses that little bit of space that gets created because the the creature's balance goes backward to tuck her knees and then her legs up against the creature's torso and just springs out as hard as she can. Mm. Okay, cool. Yeah, so you have escaped and the creature has fallen down. Now that you can see the whole thing, it's probably at least 10 feet tall. It's about four feet broad. Long arms. Jesus Christ. <laughs> what? I was just like, Jesus Christ, I was imagining how Ezri in her youth, aka like five episodes ago, was like, yeah, I can fight three of these. Why not? Two of these, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And its skin is like ebon, but it doesn't look like normal skin. It's tougher, like some kind of inorganic material mixed in with it, which makes you think that perhaps this thing has got some natural armor to its hide. Its mouth is huge and gaping with so many teeth, and it has a barbed tongue. And I don't mean that like in small thing, like barbed as in it clearly has claws all along its tongue. Ooh, like a cat tongue on steroids. Yeah. And its tongue is currently lolling out of its mouth. Well, I say lolling. It's out of its mouth, but the tongue is like flipping back and forth as if it's trying to attack anything that comes near. So now it's Magpie's turn. Magpie, you are way ahead. You did hear something unfortunate behind you, then the shotgun. 
Sorry, I meant to use fleet of foot as part of that turn to get Ezri out uh, some distance. I was wondering why you didn't do that. Um, okay, yeah, so you continue running, so you get a short distance. Magpie, you hear Ezri probably gasp as claws go in for her. Then you hear the sound of a shotgun and Ezri grunting and then her feet running. I guess Magpie's kind of like, can we prepare actions in Numenera? So you're the last in initiative order. Neither of you beat the monster's initiative, but you and Ezri can choose who goes first since you're in the same pool of initiative. Well, it was going to be like, she's going to like get her weapon ready for anything that comes around the corner. That's not Ezri. Okay. I don't think you need to use a turn to do that. You could just, are you just running then? No. She's going to like call back to Ezri and be like, are, are we running or are we fighting? Set up that turret. I guess she's going to set, huh? Wait, she can't set up the turret when someone else is going to come in front of the turret. The turret does take some time to activate. Okay. So the thing that I would suggest is I can check the wording, but I suspect that the Overwatch Slayer may require more than a round before it starts doing its thing. Heck it, because if it does, then she'll set it up. Because then Ezri will have a turn before the turret goes. Well, the challenge you have is that if the thing follows you, it may beat the Overwatch Slayer, too. Oh, true. And Magpie at this point would be very familiar with how long it takes to set up the turret. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We've done it like five times. It's it's a nice comfort blankie. So it's designed so that it can be popped open in a round. It's just hard to put it back in, which has been the frustrating part for Magpie. Mm-hmm. Okay, so she can set it up in one round, and then it can become active the next round. But you still have to activate it, right? Okay, no, there is no delay. Once you So you can set it up and activate it. It functions for 28 hours. If a creature comes within long range, the device immediately fires a blast of energy that inflicts damage equal to the cipher level. It continues to fire once per round for a number of rounds equal to the cipher level. Once the device is done firing, it is no longer active. Okay, so it's got seven, seven rounds of firing. Mm-hmm. So you could use it that way. But it sounds like it'll start shooting as soon as it goes up, or at least that's my interpretation of it. Mm-hmm. So I think she's going to wait another round so Ezri gets out of the way. Because I'm not sure if she could take a seven damage bullet. Um, Last time you guys didn't activate it, even though it was set up. It was like, because remember Ezri was fucking around by the sconce and while it was already set up. Yeah. Okay, so we do have a delay to it. Canonically. Mm-hmm. Okay, she's going to just, she's dropping it like it's hot. Okay. Like, you bring it out, and the its tripods just immediately extend automatically. And she swears, you son of a bitch. <laughs> okay. It's the start of the next round. The creature stands up and gets ready to run. Ezri. Yeah, Ezri's going to get behind the turret, and that's what she does. Okay. Okay. You get behind the turret. Magpie. Activates the turret. You activate the turret. Okay. Are you guys going to stick around and watch, or is your intention to run? Watch. I just want a statement of intent. Yeah. Ezri wants to kill this motherfucker. It would be best if we could take down at least one of them. Yeah, we got a sample at that point. A complete sample. Unlike the T-Rex, who's secretly a dragon. Okay, cool. So, it's the monster's turn. And it runs a short distance. It's about one round away from getting next to you guys. And then the turret takes its first action and fires. I believe, what was the level of the turret again? Seven. Okay. Acid blood goes flying. Oh, no. As this creature gets hit. But it would go back, wouldn't it? Because of the trajectory. Hold on. Hold on. Just saying. 
Slow your roll. Slow your roll. crime scene against you. But Dan, what about the monster? What about the monster? I thought we were going to be enemies to lovers, Dan. So, because it's still a short distance away, none of you are at risk of the blood spray. The blast hits the monster and staggers it for a moment, and it clearly took quite a bit of damage. But it looks at you with eyes that just look like black pits, and it howls. Ezra. Yeah, Ezra's gonna shoot it with her shotgun. How many shots have I fired in the mission? I'm shocked. I know, I know. You know, I was like, the sledge is definitely my main weapon, and then <laughs> everything seems more seems wise to have some distance so far. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Okay, that'll be an 18. One level of speed effort. Mm-hmm. 15, exactly. Nice. So that's just... And how much damage is it? Six. Okay. More blood sprays. Doesn't like it. It's looking like it's near the edge, but it also doesn't seem deterred by that. It seems very determined. This time it makes that sound again, but it's like, back to yourself. Oh. What? Oh, yeah, because he was a jailkeeper. Okay. I see what you're doing there. And uh, Magpie. Did we tell Esri about all the information we found at the library? No. Elsen gave her a summarized. Okay. Yeah. She did? Okay. Yeah, Elsen summarized while uh, Magpie was off getting robbed. Okay. Yeah. Summarized while, like, super growing pale and (laughs) slowly dying. And I'm going to tell you, it was a shitty summary as someone who's frequently very anemic. (laughs) Yeah, if we could have committed 15 minutes of the podcast to that, we would have, but we don't. So we're not. Did we ever give Magpie a gun? I think we just have a Siskin nightstick. <laughs> I see you. Yeah, you just have a you have a Siskin a nightstick, and the Sisk is your throwing weapon. I'm gonna have to get a gun after that. She's gonna throw the Sisk at her, or him, or it. At her? <laughs> I was just like, oh no, we're getting the ta issue. Oh, poor Esri. That again? You ever just <laughs> learn languages too far, or that you forget things in English? Okay. So, a Sisk is a light weapon, I believe, so it eases the attack, so this is a 15 to hit. I feel like I should get an asset for it being so bloody. No. Fine, 16. Can I at least hit it in the eye? It's soulless, soulless eyes. The Sisk does hit it, and definitely cuts through skin, but not deep enough to hit acid, as the Sisk comes flying back to you. Hell yeah! Because the only reason that you did damage to it before was because you had that major yeah. effect. Because its natural armor is in excess of two damage. You probably found it annoying. We could bludgeon it to death, and then it wouldn't bleed on us. There we go. Just put it in a sack and get out the oranges. What? <laughs> That's the wrong way around. <laughs> Okay, so the creature's turn. It is going to advance. It is within immediate distance now. Question. Yeah. So, would we be able to, in theory, grab the turret and move backwards on our turn while the turret still functions? It's still out, active. We could just run backwards like a tour guide. You could not. Esri could have, with her fleet of foot, done that. Ooh. No, she wouldn't have been able to because she would have had to use her action to pick it up and then... You could do that this turn. Right. So as she picks it up, the next turn, Magpie moves back, and then we keep moving. You could. But first, the creature's going to swing its claws at Ezri. Really doesn't like Ezri. Bring it. Um, that'll be an 18 speed defense. A level of effort. Okay. 12. Okay. Since it is not just grabbing, it is just directly <laughs> clawing. 
that will be six light damage. Armor. Armor helps. Alright. Does the turret still fire at it? it? It will. Because it is within immediate range of both of you, its barbed tongue swings out at Magpie. So that is an 18 speed defense. Very sexy, I get it. <laughs> we use a level of edge and speed. Oh god, the math. Mm-hmm. So that's 15. 15. Would danger sense apply? No. I got a 20. Okay, so you dodge it. What would you propose as a major effect? The tongue gets stuck in the wall. It's barbed. Ooh, in the floor. Yeah, it could be. Like, it gets stuck against, like, one of the structures that Esri's enclave had set up that they couldn't move. So it temporarily gets stuck in the wood. Mm-hmm. So now this monster is roaring at you like... <laughs> I know, and stuck so the turret can have its fun. It's going to take at least one turn to get into that stuck, I assume. At this point, the turret fires again. Yes. The turret has an asset because it's immobile. Yes, and the creature explodes. Can each of you give me a might defense roll of 15? <laughs> I'm going to use a level of effort. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it's a 12. I'm also going to use a level of effort. Danger Sense will help you. Danger Sense is at the beginning of the battle for initiative. I got an 18. Suck it. I got a 12. I'm hidden by Ezri's giant form. <laughs> you guys are tough enough. While the acid hits you guys, you don't take any damage from it. Like You're able to like muscle your way through it. The creature is dead. The turret is still active. What would you like to do? Can we inactivate it? Nope. Salvage it. Okay, we're salvaging it. You can't because it's already active. Oh. Ezri will put a pin in this to come back in 28 hours. Start dragging it outside of the... No. Yeah. Put a pin in this. There might be more. So who knows? And I think there's like... So there's going to be like... We crawled into like a crevice. So there's going to be a wall outside the crevice. And Magpie is going to write oopsie danger on it. Like the wall in front of the crevice. But how exploded is the creature? Like, are there parts? There are parts. In fact, if you wait around, the Overwatch Slayer will shoot at some of the parts. (laughs) Interesting. Esri will use her sledge to drag some of the closer parts back behind the turret. Okay, you do that. Let's say you get a chunk of thigh. Do you want this now, Magpie? Do we have anything to put it in? Your backpack? With acidic blood. Okay, I mean, fair point. So, come back tomorrow? I think so, unless we want to wait for the tour to exhaust itself. No. Alright, well, let's go get Ilsen. Mm. I mean, it's only 35 seconds for it to exhaust itself. Oh, I thought I was up for... No, no, no. Oh, because it still fires every single one of its... But yet Uh it has nothing to fire at. Since it's fired now three times... It would actually only be 20 seconds. Oh, we're just going to wait for it then salvage it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now get the math wrong. Whatever. It's going to be very like a long. minute. Yeah, it's so not you, a day. Yeah. And to be clear, you can't salvage a cipher once it's used. There's nothing of value in it anymore. We're going to still take it. It consumes itself. Didn't uh, Dilly get some synth and parts out of uh, a couple ciphers every now and then? Yeah, but that was only because I was feeling really nice. By the rules, you should not be able to cipher we're still it. We'll get anything it. out of it. I see. So Dan because, likes me more. Yes, because we could find an actual right on Lake Dilly and have them use it as blueprints. Wow. Listen, nervous child. Listen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it exhausts itself. It's done firing. And there's just a heavy silence in this space, with the exception of the faint sizzling of the acidic blood on the floor. 
Esri will help fold it back up. Okay. You fold it back up. It just feels like dead weight right now. Mm-hmm. The soul is gone. Esri's favorite kind. <laughs> <laughs> oh, can we like go around the enclave and see if there's anything to put the body parts in? I feel like there's going to be like some container left. Yeah, we could say that there's like maybe a box. Yeah, a little Tupperware nobody wanted. That the Enclave didn't use. Because it's not their favorite. Yeah. Yeah, like it's one that wasn't really, like it's a little bit more fragile. Mm. So it wouldn't have been used to carry more of the stuff. And given that they were, you know, retreating to a backup location, they're not likely to bring an empty box just to have an empty box. Yeah. It was just being used as a stool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're going to put some parts in there. For somebody other than Esri, because it would break up Absolutely Esri. Absolutely, it would. We're putting the body parts in that, and then we'll get out. Esri doesn't even gently lean on stools. Yeah. It's the kind of thing that maybe Yasmin would sit on occasionally, because mm. she's just a slip of a thing. Mm. We should find her. Ugh. <laughs> so, Esri will go, yeah, leave and find Ilsen. I'm just imagining how Esri shows up, like, once again, covered in acid and blood, more holes in her jacket than there were before. Yeah. So, Ilsen, what have you been doing? So, Ilsen has been walking around Tier 3, keeping an eye out for Yasmin, mostly. But she's also keeping an eye out for Ferdinand and any ghouls that might be keeping an eye out on her. But mostly, she's just looking around for Yasmin. Okay. Give me a perception roll of 18. All right. So, I got my flex skill on perception. So, that's a 15. Uh, and I'm a little low, so I'm just going to roll 15. Nope, that's a 12. Okay. You don't see any of those parties, but as you're wandering around, and this is also the same tier that the Corpus Caller's on, mm-hmm. to be clear. Yeah. Where would you be checking for Yasmin? I mean, I know you're looking for the others in general, but <sighs> are you checking buildings? Are you checking places of business? I don't think Ilsen knows Yasmin that well. It's fair. So... <sighs> I think her best bet, given what she, what little she knows about Yasmin, is really just to like keep an eye out on like side streets, alleyways that could be used as quick passages between city blocks. Okay. She's not really looking inside buildings. She's looking for yeah back streets, basically. Okay. Okay. So you're heading around back streets, which are back, by the way. I hear. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Daniel! God damn it! Ah, uh, my childhood. Yeah, so Ilson, you're checking the back streets and you hear a deep voice behind you. <sighs> this deep voice of a familiar ghoul. And what do they say, Stace? Oh, our guy. What are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> what are you buying? When you turn around, you notice that this ghoul is holding a half eaten eclair in their hand. Uh, I'm uh, looking for a friend. Really? Well, if you tell me which one, maybe we, we track them. No, that's a, that's that's okay. I I can find her on my own. Were you looking for her up in the surface city as well? At the library? Uh, no. That was, uh, for work. All right, well, just want to say hi. <laughs> okay, hello. Are you, like, my personal shadow? You can think of me like that, but it's really not personal. Okay. It's really just that you're suspicious. <laughs> of course. Does my shadow have a name? I'm afraid not. Don't get it twisted. We're, we're not, we're not like that. Ilson. I... <laughs> <laughs> All right. Just seems like we're going to be spending a lot of time together, whether I want to or not. So. Yeah, just being nameless and in the shadows is kind of our thing. So. Okay. Anyway, just didn't want you to forget you were being followed. 
I, it's hard to get out of my mind. Good. You had a little blood there. Yeah, he pats you on the back right at one of the sore spots. <laughs> oh. In your upper back. If she can, Ilsen will stay on her feet. Okay. Oh, wow. Did your insertion site bleed? It's just sore. You know what? That happens. You know, I, I, I do my best, but every now and then you just sort of whiff one. Mm-hmm. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love this, like, weirdly polite secret police officer. <laughs> <laughs> this weirdly polite, socially awkward. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's definitely giving like Kronk vibes a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> like, we just gotta wear him down. He's gonna be our friend. I like that plan. Stace, this is yeah, your backup yeah. character. Um, <laughs> only if, if Daniel provides that direction. I don't want to take advantage <laughs> of my position. It's the cool ghoul. <laughs> it's the cool ghoul. That's your yeah. name now. They're professional ethics to think about, guys. <laughs> I get, yes, it's a little sword. What, what is it? What did you put in me? Yeah, I really can't disclose that. Uh, are you sure? It looked like you were about to say something. I think we better let it remain a mystery. Keep you on your toes. <sighs> but we like it. You know, it works for us, so. Oh, well, as long as it works for you, I guess. Agreed. All right, champ. Backslap. Hang in there. Uh, okay. <laughs> And the ghoul fades into the shadows. <laughs> Elson takes like five minutes just to like make sure that she can take another step without collapsing. And then eventually continues her search, although much more stealthily. Mm-hmm. And it's about then you run into Magpie and Ezri. Harvard and Gore. Yeah, this is like a total like Dragon Age conversation. <laughs> yeah. Gore in the dialogue screen. I love that. Especially the cuts where it takes you right into like a scene with like a bunch of nobles. Like... Yes. <laughs> you got blood on <laughs> your like face. Eating at dinner with just yeah everywhere. Uh, well, I didn't find Yasmin, and I hope you two didn't. What happened? We had to kill one of those monsters. <sighs> you went up to the the place. It came down. Oh fuck. Yeah, it, yeah. That's correct. So we left the turret. Well, no, no we we have the we turret. have the turret. <laughs> we use the turret. We've got a body part. We got kind of a lot of body parts. Yeah. Okay. Why? I don't know. To study? I, Magpie, I assume you studied these. <laughs> Maybe? Anyway, we have them, so. <laughs> Maybe we can weaponize them. I mean, aesthetic blood. Incidentally, we do need to wreck something. I was reading up on lore. Mm-hmm. The lore skill that you get for your character is that you are trained in a type of lore of your choice. So you have to choose a specific area of lore that you're trained in. Ooh. ADHD. That means whatever I feel like. Skyrim. <laughs> <laughs> no, Alex, that's a flex skill. That's what hyperfixation is. Yeah. I know. <laughs> yeah, that's what Jack's get. <laughs> I'm... So, like, maybe you know the Bethesda game engine really well. <laughs> or that one NPC's backstory. I know everything. Yeah. It could be something like history or geology or astronomy or... Taxidermy. What? We have taxidermy. It could be zoology might be a super relevant thing if you want to do that now. Yeah, like you could be a naturalist type. Daniel, I kind of want to like lean back into the backstory we've talked about. And can you give me a suggestion based on that? Hmm. I think given that backstory and what you would have been doing in that backstory. Yeah, this is what happens when I have a backstory. We reference it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm torn 
between something like naturalism or economics, one of the two, (laughs) depending on your focus. Naturalism is probably the one that's more useful to you. So, like, if you want a metagame, I would pick that. But at the same time, I'm like, that doesn't make sense in the context of the backstory. Economics does. It'd just be a weird side obsession. Just be your hobby, man. Yeah, maybe your occupation was doing something else, but that was your particular focus in your independent studies. Anthropology. Because that makes more sense with how we've been using lore. Okay. Let's do that. Sure. So back to the interaction that reminded that you were asking Magpie if she studies that. Maybe. I'm not quite sure. Okay, Bilson, go disappear to wherever you live or whatever. Because we're going back to the base. We're not going to look for Yasmin anymore? I'm going to go back to the base and see if Talazar found her. Okay. You should get some rest. I will. I, yes, I, I agree. And Magpie is hoping we could find Ferdinand and maybe he's seen Yasmin. Actually, I'd like to, if you're going to find Ferdinand, I would like to ask him some questions as well. He may know something about this whole uh, Brisker situation. Okay. Let's stash these body parts then. And Okay. So are you going back to stash? Where are you stashing the body parts then? I would assume the hideout. Well, unless, where would Magpie take them? Where does, does Magpie have her own place? Yes. Magpie does have her own place, but neither of you know where it is. That's fine. Those creatures are looking for Geeth, Magpie. I don't know about storing them. Or, well, probably, I assume. They also seems quite in love with Eve, too. I don't know if this is love, Magpie. She says as she bleeds from her torso and with burned skin. You lose points so fast when you're tier one. Actually, yeah, I'm going to take an action roll right now. Oh, hey, five. Well, I guess I'll take them back to where I live, but where do you want to meet up after that? At the base. Okay. Back in five. And she does that little clap that you do when you, you know, break a huddle. (laughs) Is she actually back in five? I don't think her place is on the same tier as you guys, but it's not far. I think it's probably like a 30-minute round trip. Hmm. Okay, so during that time, Ezri will yeah, go see if Yasmin was found. We, okay. we officially agreed to meet at the base, right? Well, Ilsen can. No, Ilsen has to hang out the surrounds. Ilsen will follow you to Tier 8, but then kind of break off so that she doesn't go to the uh, Enclave. Okay. Right, so Ezri goes there. Ezri, give me a stealth roll of 15. I'm saying stealth. You don't have to be stealthy, but like basically to take a circuitous route to the Enclave. 16. Okay, good. Yeah, I'm sure that's great. I'm sure none of my previous failures will come back to haunt me. <laughs> so behind the scenes, I've got a clock going for the number of times you fail trying to sneak oh. back to the base without being seen. When the clock fills up, that's when some other party knows exactly where you are. I thought it was when the clock reaches midnight, we all die. I mean, that could be a result. Fair. Very fair. So, Ezri, you get back to the base, and... Tibu comes up to you and says, Okay, I need you to be cool <laughs> and not freak out. <laughs> okay. Yasmin is back. That's good. She won't tell anybody where she was. How does she seem? A little reserved, but otherwise fine. She doesn't look like she's hurt or anything like that. All right, I'll uh, I'll talk to her. And then Ezri will find Yasmin. Yasmin is kind of near where she set up her bedroll. Not that she's sleeping, but she's got like a box that she's sitting on. And she is clearly like working on basically sharpening tools for the location. Like so the communal tools that you guys use for like knives or axes and things like that. She's sharpening them. 
Actually, this is fine and normal. It is. This is not an unusual task for her. Okay. Esri will crouch next to her and kind of grasp her shoulder and say, Yasmin. Oh, Esri. You're safe. Yeah, yeah. I went looking for you. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to worry you. Sounds an awful lot like what I say when I disappear for a while. She pauses for a moment. She looks at you and says, I guess it does. Are you making a point? No. I would like to natural charisma the shit out of that. I am trained in all social interactions, whether they involve charm, learning a person's secrets, or intimidating others. Okay. What are you specifically trying to do? Discern if she really isn't trying to make a point, really, at this moment. Or the true nature of, or like, what was her motivation. Okay. Obviously, Yasmin looks up to you. Literally. So that also helps. Yeah. Well, that's literally for everybody. (laughs) Well, most people. There are definitely people that are bigger than you. We've established that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That makes it a nine. You've got your natural charisma, which makes it a six. I'll spend an intellect effort on this. Thirteen. Okay. You get the impression that she's not trying to make a point. Whatever this was, it was not directed at you. But she saw the opportunity for a playful barb when you offered it up. Got it. Well, even if that wasn't your point, I uh, I take your point. So uh, why did you head out without saying anything? I just needed to get out. Some alone time? Yeah, some alone time. I, I have no problem with you getting out. Having some alone time just uh, just like I'm trying to do, be better at. If you just let someone know you're leaving and about how long you think you'll be gone. All right. She pauses. She looks at you. Is that why you're really leaving? Get alone time? Only kind of. I... Yasmin, I don't know what to do but fight. She nods slowly. And, uh, I guess that's one thing I know that I can do for everyone here. The rest I'm not sure I'm so good at. I understand. But I'm trying to be better. I know you are. I'm trying to get better, too. Uh, you are free to leave the base? I mean, obviously, don't piss Tibu off by leaving, like, in the middle of something, if you can avoid it. Yeah, I, I talked to Tibu. I, I think we're cool. But yeah, if you if you need to leave and get out there, I get it. This base can start to feel really small. I appreciate that, Esri. Is there anything you would like me to know? She pauses for a moment. I don't think so, Esri. I'm just I'm just working on some things. That ever changes. You usually know where I am. And Esri will wink. She laughs quietly and she's like, yeah, okay. All right. And then she goes back to sharpening tools. Esri gives her a little pat on the shoulder and... Helps move heavy things around. She winces briefly. Oh, I feel like Esri would... Oh, she winces briefly. Mm. Esri notes it, but doesn't say anything. Okay. She goes and moves heavy items around the enclave until Magpie shows up. Okay. Does Magpie do anything between dropping off the stuff and heading to the enclave? Not unless she has to. Okie dokie. So you head down and Magpie enters the enclave with you. Um, Magpie, since you're trying to approach the enclave secretly, please give me a... In this case, it will only be a 12 stealth roll. Nice. Ooh, 19. What would you like for a minor effect? I don't know. Anyone have any suggestions? I was just saying, maybe we could take a fail off the clock because you did such a good job of confusing them. Ooh. That'd probably require a major okay. effect. Well, next major will do that. Do you see something along the way that... Run into Ferdinand on the way? But that would mean I would bring him to the Enclave. You wouldn't have to bring him. Wait, we don't need Ferdinand anymore. Why don't we need Ferdinand anymore? Because Yasmin's Magpie wouldn't know that, though. Yeah. And you guys expressly said you were looking for him. Ilsen. Maybe you could find and share a particular path. 
just makes it a little easier to sneak to and from the base. Ooh, that too big still? How about I discover one path that's already discovered? Oh, you identify a path that you we shouldn't take anymore. Yeah. Oh, that's excellent. So as you are going, you kind of change paths because you notice that one of the paths that Esri showed you before or explained to you before, you notice that there are... It's not police or ghouls or anything like that, but there are definitely, like, brisker sentries along. Mm. Like, it's clearly one of their monitored pathways. It crosses through it anyway. Okay. Let's go with that one, yeah. Yeah, we like avoiding briskers. Mm-hmm. Okay. You get back to the Enclave. I'm back. Oh, hey, Magpie. We don't actually need Ferdinand anymore. Yasmin's back. That works. One more thing. Don't take this path back to the enclave. I assume we have a map. Yeah, she's like pointing it out. Yeah. Yeah. They got a little map on the wall. Or it's in an accessible place or something. Yeah, that was Tibu's idea, actually, to start doing that. She'll mark the hot spot. Okay. I I think it might be nap time for me. And probably for Ilsen. Yeah. Naps are are good. And that's where we'll end the episode. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, hold on. Hold on. You guys are going to take a nap. That's what you're doing. Well, we'll tell... At some point, someone's telling Ilsen that Yasmin's been found. Okay, thank you. Yeah, but before we get to that, Ilsen, you are wandering around Tier 8. Mm-hmm. As you are going around a corner, I assume you're mostly just sort of aimlessly wandering, looking for Yasmin or Ferdinand. A little bit. Since she's here to meet up with Magpie and Esri, she's not wandering around too much, just so she's more easily found. Gotcha, gotcha. So, as you're sort of loitering, yeah. then, on Tier 8. Yeah, there's like a town square in this tier. I'm just like doing laps on it. Right, right. You hear, from behind you, coming out of an alley, a familiar voice. Ilsen, such a pleasure to see you again. Her hands immediately go to her pockets. Yeah, and when you do that, as you're turning, you see Ferdinand's mouth stretch into a huge, amused grin. And he gives you a little bow. Such a pleasure to see a lovely lady like yourself. And that's where we'll end this episode. All right. Stace, something about this episode. You're finally killing one of those creatures. I'm going to be honest. Yeah. It was very satisfying. Mm-hmm. They got mm-hmm. nothing on us except acid, so. <laughs> Fuck them. Yeah. Gosh, so tough. <laughs> you finally got to use the turret, too. Yes, yes. I feel like we've been edging the audience for a while with that. <laughs> Get it out, fold it up. Get it out, fold it up. <laughs> yeah, Magpie never has to try to fold that thing back up again. I know. She's so happy, but so sad. That was such a good <laughs> cipher. Yeah. So we have a segment that we do each week called Player Intrusions. That's where we offer you, the listener, and XP to check out something that we think you'd really dig. This week, it is my turn, and I will offer you all an XP if you watch the film Polite Society. <laughs> Polite Society came out... Earlier this year, I think in April, maybe is when it hit theaters. I've watched it on streaming. I still haven't been to a movie theater in years, partially because of the Rona and partially because of I'm a parent and babysitting is a pain in the ass to organize. Mm -hmm. But Light Society is the story of two sisters, essentially, in England. Rhea Khan is a young girl in essentially like high school age who has dreams of becoming a stunt woman. It's very cute. She has this like YouTube channel where she's demonstrating her different moves as she's trying to get better at different fighting styles and, you know, tricks and stunts and things like that. 
And her older sister, Lena, who went to art school and then dropped out and has moved back home and has been feeling kind of lost, but she's a supportive big sister who helps her film her YouTube videos and, and things like that. But in the meantime, she's dealing with the fact that She's kind of a disappointment to her parents. And when her parents find an opportunity to potentially match her up with another man from a wealthier family, things seem to go well. But Rhea becomes convinced that she has to save her older sister from this impending marriage with this hoity-toity family, the Shahs. And it is super adorable because she enlists her friends, these two super supportive, well-meaning, but kind of clueless other high schoolers <laughs> to solve the problem. And the other cute thing is because she really wants to be a stunt woman, which of course is not considered an acceptable profession for her. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times like the conflicts where in the real world would be just an argument or a tough conversation or things like that, because she has everything through the lens of being a stunt woman, they actually get turned into like choreographed fights. Right. With like flipping and high kicks and like throwing people into walls and things like that. Even if it's just like sisters arguing, yeah, that's fun. it's super adorable as she goes through trying to find out how she can try to stop this marriage and potentially, in her view, save her sister from giving up on dreams of being an artist or something like that. It's really adorable. It's a great movie. It's also the right length. It's about an hour and a half. Nice. And it's really sweet and funny, and the the fight choreography is actually pretty cool. So, really enjoyed it. It's both written and directed by Nita Manzor, and the cast is outstanding. I had only seen one of the cast before, Rita Arya, who plays Lena. She was in Umbrella Academy, and she was awesome in that. She's awesome in this. So, highly recommend it. Polite Society. Watch it. It's It's great. I don't remember which streaming services it's on right now, but yeah, it's definitely worth a rental. So definitely watch it. It kind of sounds like a musical, except instead of singing at the high emotional points, they fight instead. Yeah, exactly like that. You did have me at fight choreography. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's really fun. If people wanted to tell us what they think about Polite Society or the podcast, how would they do that, Samson? We have a website, explorerswanted.fm. That's the website on there. You'll see we have a bunch of socials. On Mastodon, we are at Explorers Wanted at Dice.Camp. Also, we have an Instagram, Facebook, at Explorers Wanted Podcast. But best place to hang out with us and talk to us is our Discord, ExplorersWanted.fm slash Discord. Go there. We'll talk about movies and video games and plants and animals and memes and whatever. Also, if it is within your means and you're feeling generous, Patreon.com slash Explorers Wanted is the best place to support the podcast. Also, please use our Dice Philia code and type in Explorers Wanted at checkout. You get 10% off your order. And if you can't financially support us, we totally understand. The best thing you could do for us is tell your friends, tell them why you like the show and why they should listen to it. The second best thing would be to leave us a five-star written review on a podcast directory, specifically Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. Those are the directories that make the most difference for us and people checking out the show. And if you didn't like the podcast, or if you just thought it was meh. Well, I met an old friend of yours the other day. He told me that your favorite meal is... Which, okay, kind of basic, no offense. He also told me that your heart was cold, as if some beast had pierced it with a shard of ice. Which, coincidentally, he was on his way to do. If you'd like to reach out to us individually on social media, you can. You can find me on Macedon as Daniel at Anderlik, A-N-D-R-L-I-K dot org. You can find me on our Discord. I'm Stace Windu. I almost asked. I almost asked what you said. 
I'm at Slam Potato on Twitter and at Slam Potato at Dice.Camp on Mastodon. Mm-hmm. I honestly just thought Daniel made a these nuts joke. <laughs> I'm T with the Unicorn on Instagram, Threads, and Twitch. All right, that's it for us. Hope you enjoyed the show. We'll be back next week as we will for every week in the foreseeable future. Have a good night, day, weekend, or whenever you're listening to this. And bye! bye.